I've met people from all over the world. Um, everybody has a different why and a different reason. For me, it's winning, you know? And so, I, and I think, like I said to you earlier, I can't, I can't try to soften that statement because that's really what it is. Um, I just, I know I can do it and I know I belong up there. And so, and, and I'll tell you, every single athlete in the pro league is amazing. And back to your question, how do you do it? You're right there. I mean, these girls are amazing. They're, they're beautiful. All the physiques up there are, are, are beautiful. So it comes down to the finest points of things. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I have an amazing guest. I have a professional athlete on. This is the second show in a row where I've had the really the uh, the honor of having somebody on who's in the sports world and has just done some amazing things. Today's show is going to be about how to keep winning. And I want to introduce you to Danielle Rose. She's going to tell us about her journey as a professional athlete, bodybuilder, and how she keeps winning. So Danielle, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, this is going to be cool because I'm a huge fan of of what you do and have been since I'm almost 50. So since I was about 13 or 14, going to bodybuilding shows and watching, you know, some of the names you and I talked about before from the 80s and, and 90s. And um, it's just cool or it's going to be really cool to hear you talk about your journey to be a professional athlete. I see all the trophies behind you. So you clearly know how to win. And so I'm looking forward to hearing those stories. You ready to tell some stories? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's start off. Tell, so take me on the journey. Take me on the journey from where you started when, when you first got into fitness and into competing mm -hmm. and then how it evolved into where you are today with it. Okay. It's, 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 it's a long story, so cut me off whenever I, you I'll want. I'll tell to. you, just give me the highlights. <laughs> give me the good stuff. So I kind of was always into fitness. I was growing up, I was a cheerleader, a gymnast. Um, then I was into CrossFit. I got into sucked into that world for several years as, of a CrossFitter. And prob at, uh, 2014 is when I started bodybuilding. So it was around that time that my best friend actually, she that I CrossFitted with, she had also done a competition. And she said to me, Let's do one. I think you should do, let's try to do a competition together. So for me, CrossFit, I loved, I could lift a house. I was super strong, um, <laughs> you know, but aesthetically, I didn't like the way I looked. Um, so I wanted to try something that would change, maybe be as into fitness, but change kind of aesthetically how I looked. So Wait, I took this was only seven years ago. Am I, am I doing a match right? I, 2014 was my first competition. So that's like, was it like eight, eight years, years ago. ago? Yeah. Wow. So, so I, wait, slow down, slow down. Yeah. I'm already, I already have questions. Yeah. So you were just kind of going to the gym. You were, you, you were, you were in the, into the fitness world, but something at a certain point, you're like, oh, I should start competing. Like your friend said, you should start competing. So I did a couple CrossFit competitions. Again, I'm super competitive um, with anything in life. So uh, yeah, my girlfriend, she had done a bikini. She did bikini. She did a bikini competition at one point. And she said to me, she's like, you should do one with me. Let's, let's do one together. I had no idea what I was getting into. You have to understand. I had no idea. 
about the diet, about the discipline. I had no idea. I just said, okay, let's do it. Up until then, you were, you were just you were in good shape. You were going to the gym. You were doing the CrossFit. But this was like, oh, you really didn't know what you were getting into. Correct. No that's, idea. That, that's cool, actually. Yeah, I, no idea. And she she had, she she did. She knew kind of what we were getting to. Now, she, she was also my first coach at the time. So I'm going back again. We're still very good friends. But she was my first coach at the time. And she said, okay, come into the gym. We're going to sit down. I'm going to go over with you the game plan. Still had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> but you committed uh, to it already. Committed to it. You're, you're in. Yeah. And once I committed to it, I, once I said I was going to do it, I then, and, and you know, now obviously things have changed, but back then it was still Facebook was like the hot social yeah. media platform. Yeah. Um, and so when I committed to doing it, I said, I'm going to put post it on Facebook. So now I'm for sure doing it. Because once I say I'm doing it and I tell anybody I'm doing it, I'm doing it. So I did that. And then I went and met with her. We went over kind of what the game plan was. And when she laid the diet down in front of me and what this was going to consist of, that was the first time that I was like, whoa, <laughs> what did I get myself into? Well, tell me about it. What was it like? Like, what did that look like? Do you remember? Yeah. So it's... um. And again, it's evolved for me over the past eight years since since I've grown. And, yeah. and she was she was a rookie to it. She's not a coach. And, you know, she was she was a rookie to it. But, um, you know, it was your eight meals a day, um, had to eat every two and a half hours. And I, I had started in the bikini division, which is very little muscle mass. I, I'm now a figure pro. So I've, I, I switched to the figure division. But starting in bikini, I had to really, um, I have a lot of muscle mass. So we had to really break that down. I wasn't lifting very heavy. It was a lot of cardio, light training to keep myself real tiny for the bikini division. Okay. Um, so food was real low. It was, you know, three ounces of chicken, asparagus, and a half a sweet potato. But eight times a day. And each meal was different based on how I looked. Um, so you'd get your diet for the week. And then as you get closer to competition, that changes based on how you look. But you get your diet for the week. And again, it's chicken, turkey, lean ground meat, and fish. Those, those are really your protein. And well, I, don't know, I don't hear anything about bread, pasta, and ice cream in there. None of that. I don't even know last time <laughs> I had that. Well, I have that on a cheat meal. <laughs> But really, and your only carbs are jasmine rice, sweet potato, or baked potato, and Interesting. green vegetables. I would so think you couldn't even have potatoes. You can have potatoes. Yeah, there's certain there's certain points in my prep that I have potatoes, and then there's certain points in my prep where that's cut out. Um, so it was really it's a science that until and if you're in it and again for my family because no one in my family is does bodybuilding until you see it and you know it you don't realize what a science it truly truly is you know and what the different food groups and quantities what times of day mixed together creates the results that you're looking to have for your body for that period of your prep so you you got the diet you saw it you're like okay Right. But obviously you, you signed on to it and yeah. like, so take me from there because yeah. you clearly, there's a lot of steps here until you got yeah. to where you yeah. are now. So I signed on to it. I'm doing it. Um, I did my first show, like I said, as a bikini competitor, 
Um, I started that prep, I'll never forget, on August 29th. So that was back in 2014. And I did a three-month prep. Um, so it was the end of October. I did my first bikini competition. And the minute I stepped on stage, I was, my heart was taken and I was, I was a sucker to the sport from that moment on, you know, it was just, um, you know, people see it, people see the glitz, the glamour, the makeup, the hair, that you get tanned, all that. That's just the special ingredients on top. But for me, it was obviously the competition. Again, I'm super competitive. And it was really just seeing that I conquered the discipline that it requires every day. And there's, and my husband and I get in this debate, my husband, myself, and my son get in this debate every day because they're football. And to me and to any bodybuilder, there's absolutely no harder sport than bodybuilding because it's the physical aspect, but it's then the mental, the emotional aspect that no other athlete, especially in the world of diet, has to control so much. Um, you just touched on like six other questions. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm I guess. So glad you hit that because it's like everything you just mentioned, I want to talk about. So you competed, but so then you, you, you changed the, the way yeah. you were competing, right? You continued to evolve. So I did bikini competitions. I did about two or three of them. I did well. Um, and then you typically reach out to the judges after you compete, get feedback. And I was kind of, I was told that I have a lot of muscle mass. Why was I dieting down? Why didn't I embrace it? I should switch to the figure division. Right. So I switched to the figure division, which you need to have more muscle mass. You're judged more on symmetry um, muscle fullness in your body. So I switched to that division and I was an amateur doing figure competitions. I did very well. I was in top five, top two, first place. And then you get nationally qualified as a first place winner. And then you have to do nationals and then to turn pro, which was ultimately my goal was to turn pro in the figure division. Um, so then Again, so I, I did very well as an amateur, and then it was now starting the national circuit. So then I started going to nationals, and you know, people think you just go to a nationals and you turn pro, but it doesn't work that way. I, I did nine national shows um, before I turned pro, and in all nine national shows, depending on the national show, either first place turns pro or first and second. And in all the national shows I did, if first place turned pro, I took second. If first and second place turned pro, I turned third. So I was always one place right away turning pro. So I did that. And then 2018, so four years later, I turned pro um, in the figure division. So I've been a pro since, since then. So four years to turn pro, four years I've been a pro. When you So when you got the bug... Did you like, did you actually stop at some point and say like, I can see where I'm going? Like, did you visualize like where you were going with this? I did. Um, because ultimately, which it is still my ultimate goal is to get on the Olympia stage, which the Olympia is the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Um, it's in Vegas. It was in Orlando last year, but it's in Vegas next month. December 15th is the Olympia. And you have to qualify as a pro to get on the Olympia stage. 
So from day one, and again, my first coach from eight years ago, who we're still good friends, she can tell you that's since day one, Danielle said, I, she wants to go on the Olympia stage. So that's what I've worked, been working for. And that's what I'll continue to work for until I get on that stage. <laughs> so what does it take to get from where you are to there? Like, what's the gap? What's yeah, in between? So first, so I'm 47 years old. Um, so to qualify for the Olympia, you can only do that through open, the open division. So that's competing against people all ages. There's also master's divisions. So you can compete in over 35, over 45, over 55, over 65. I mean, there's 75 year olds up on stage, but that doesn't qualify for the Olympia. As a pro, you win money and things like that, but you can't qualify for the Olympia. So I only compete in open. Um, I'm always competing against girls half my age. I'm beating a lot of girls half my age. <laughs> um, and so it's to qualify for the Olympia, you either have to win a pro show that automatically qualifies you or second through fifth place get points based on the show. And then at the end of the season, the qualifying season, the top three competitors in points also go with all of the girls that won the shows and qualified. So for instance, 30, 37 girls, they're taking 40 figure competitors, 37 girls this year won a pro show to go. And then the top three in points are going. So then I finished top five in points. So I just missed qualifying. Oh, you just missed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you really, so you're close. Yeah. Like you're close. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was wondering, like what the gap is. It's almost nothing. You're right there. I'm top 45 figure competitors in the world. <laughs> and you know, what's really even cooler about that because it's, you're doing it. And I, I might be saying this wrong, but in, in, in the open way, yep. it's everybody's competing and, and there's all different, like, as you said, uh, women half your age and oh, yeah. you're still right there, which is actually even, that means you're even farther ahead than they are, even yeah. though they're, they're beating you because yeah. they're half your age. Yeah. That's powerful. I got, I got off powerful. stage. I got off stage Puerto Rico pro this past year. I did. I took second place. It was, it was a battle. I was very close to, to winning that show. And then when I got off stage, the girl who, who I competed with, she's like, I can't believe you're older than my mom. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay now now i want i wanted to go a little deeper because okay. so this is this is awesome so now the question is like how how is that even possible so obviously you said some things the discipline the persistence we haven't even gotten into it yet but obviously the hard work the work you put into this is is got to be like insane so my first question about that is I'm looking for actually before you ask the question, let me. I'm looking at you. I did shoulders and and, and uh, I did shoulders and, and trap yesterday, and I'm looking at you and I'm like, forget, it, I give up. I don't even, I'm not even going to bother anymore. I can barely move today, and like you're like ten times the size. <laughs> um, how do you, so? So you have to stay in a certain condition all year round, no matter what. Yeah, you can't let yourself go below a certain threshold. So how do you even how do you keep that persistence up, like that commitment to a certain level all the time? Yeah. What does that take? So again, for everybody that does my sport, I've met people from all over the world. Um, everybody has a different why and a different reason. For me, it's winning, you know? And so, I, and I think, like I said to you earlier, 
I can't, I can't try to soften that statement because that's really what it is. Um, I just, I know I can do it and I know I belong up there. And so, and, and I'll tell you, every single athlete in the pro league is amazing. And back to your question, how do you do it? You're right there. I mean, these girls are amazing. They're, they're beautiful. All the physiques up there are, are, are beautiful. So it comes down to the finest points of things, right. not to mention, of course, there's politics in the sport, you know? So you're, you're, you're battling for a, a, a minuscule point or something that they see in you that they don't see in the other top competitors. And so for me, like I said, I'm not delusional. Um, I have an amazing coach also who were on the same page together, but I know I belong up there and I know that I can do it. So what drives me is, is that, is that I, I just, until my coach looks at me, which he will and says, or I look at myself and say, okay, you know, this has been great. We're going to kind of let go of the Olympia dream right now and compete like we do. And that means masters as well and do all that, then that's what we'll do. But so it's just a mindset. Like you, you, you know, you're a winner. You, you, and you've proven it to yourself obviously over and over and like you see the bigger picture. So all year round, like you're just doing what you have to do. It isn't, doesn't even sound like it's something that it sounds like you actually embrace it and love doing it all year round. So that's also part of the equation. Yeah. Like you got to love it. And I think you might've said the word, was it a sense of purpose or a sense or your why you mentioned it was your why, like, you know why you're doing it. And so now I, I, I'm hearing something that we didn't talk about, but you're 47. So that type of, that type of like determination doesn't come from, it doesn't just pop up at like later in life. Would you like that as a kid? Yeah. So I've been, I'm a spaz and I've always, I've always been, um, you know, just driven and motivated and eager. That's kind of always been in a go-getter. I'm in sales as well. I, I do sales for my career. So every kind of thing about my personality is winning, is having your name there. That's just kind of what's driven me. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I'd say that everything about who I am is from my parents, who neither of them are here anymore, but the two of them raised my sister and I to perfection. So the family support and and how they always just were there for us and supporting us and pushing us, that's priceless, you know? And I think that definitely defines who I am today as well. When you were growing up, I'm I'm trying to, that's important. Like what you just said is, is priceless, but that doesn't necessarily create an internal will like to just push through and want to win yeah like that's something that comes from from something like when so were you competitive as a kid i was i mean like i said i I did gymnastics i did cheerleading and when i was growing up my cheerleading squad was a competitive cheerleading squad um and then i i I really again i was driven and I, i always wanted to win and then as long as you can remember, like you just remember, that was, remember. that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Second place was losing to me. And it's, it's even as a little as, kid, as a kid. Yeah. Wow. And I have a 15 year old son who it pains me because I see he's the same way. 
And I, I love it because it's it's made me successful. But I, I see he's the same way, you know, winning is, 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 it's just how you're wired. And people don't see that because there's definitely people who, when they see my son and how aggressive and intense he is when he plays his sports, it's not a judgment call on how your parents raised you. It's what I tell people. It's just how you're wired. It is just how he's wired. And I don't think you can teach that. I don't think you can either, but I think you can pick up on it from what you experience around you. Were your parents like that? Your parents? No. no. Neither of them. Aunts, no. uncles, like you, you, it wasn't like that anywhere around you? No, I mean, my sister was a competitive horseback rider. So again, we were the Brady Bunch growing up. So <laughs> right. I would go to her horse shows and she was competitive with that. And she's doing jumps. Was she a jumper? No, she did English. She oh, did, okay. Yeah, she did. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really anything that I saw. It just kind of was, I don't really know. Was be, in you. I don't know how to be any other way. I really, I don't. So can I, so i I actually feel the same way. And somebody that was on the show a few months ago <laughs> described himself as having an affliction. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way. And not a negative way. Like it's an affliction. Some people, very few people are wired where you're just wired to win. You'll go above and beyond the, the limits. You reach a limit and it's really, it's, it's really just at the, I guess the bottom of another mountain and you hit that. And then it's another one. Like there's yeah. no end. And, and like, you have a dream, you have a belief, you see something down the road and you're just going to do it. You're going to reach it no matter what. Yeah. So for some people, like I have a different story and I'm not going to get into it, but for some people it's life circumstances that cause that. And am I hearing that for you? Like that's, it's, you're just wired that way, which is actually pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that definitely I'd be part of what's made me who I am also at this age. Um, I, you know, I went away to college and when I went away to college, I didn't do any competitive sports. I didn't do anything. I was just fully a rock star. And Wait, drinking in college isn't, isn't a competitive sport. I, right. I, mean, I thought it was. I Getting was, that ping pong I, ball in the cups. That gets, that takes like, a lot of, a lot of coordination. <laughs> I was the number one party animal in college. <laughs> but right. I think that for me, like I'd be lying if I didn't say that, I, I was intense in that realm of things in college. Um, Everything then, you do, you do with intensity. Extremely. And then um, after my sophomore year of college, my best friend and I were in a car accident um, from college and she was killed and I was in a coma in the hospital for about two months. Um, and I, I I didn't know that before we got on the, uh, on yeah. the show today. Go ahead. So this is, so with that, you know, when I, when I, when I wow. came to from that, from the coma and when I was in the hospital, I was back home, back home living with my parents, you know, I had gone away to college for two years. It was the best two years of my life. Now I'm back home. Um, I had to really relearn how to do a lot of things. I had very bad brain damage. So I had my whole world that I had been engulfed in was now just totally, totally different. And I'm going to physical therapy and I had to learn how to talk and use my legs again and, and do all these things. And I look back to that person that was going through that because 
to me, that's what it is now. It's kind of like an outer body experience. I see that person and I remember the drive I had then just to be normal again, just to feel normal again, just to have my life back to what it was. My, my husband now was my boyfriend then, um, to be with him, just to have our, my life the way it was. And so I pushed so hard to get through that time frame of my life um, that I'd be lying if that certainly doesn't play a part in my how I live life now as well. I mean, I was always a happy-go-lucky, live life to the fullest kind of girl. But after that, it's just kind of there's, there's so much to get in. There's so much to get in and I'm going to get it in. That's really, wow. <laughs> you find that you actually, wow. That's a, that's a heavy story. Yeah. And you're f- completely fine. Like there was, you worked through it all and, and yeah. there, there was nothing that like lingered after. No, I mean, after. I still have some long-term amnesia problems, but physically, um, wow. you know, I, I, I deal with it. I'm a little weaker on the left side of my body. We, I got hit from the left. So I'm a little weaker on the left side of my body. I deal with it. Um, when I do my poses for, for my, for competition, I have to, I have different feel with the left side of my body with certain things, but you know, I just compensate, learn how to work around it, how to deal with it. Not going to let it slow me down. <laughs> Do you stop and think like on a regular basis from a diff now from a point of view of like, we hear people all around us. There's like people talk about gratitude and, and mindfulness and awareness and like appreciation. It's one thing to talk about it, but to go through an experience like that, you've, you came out of that. Do you actually live that like at a whole different level? Yeah. And when you hear people talk about gratitude and you know, they didn't, you've, you went through like a near, maybe a near death experience. Like yeah. that's a different level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly am. And my husband, and I like have been together for 30 years now. So he's the closest person to me besides my sister. Um, and he's probably knows me even better, but I, I think that I definitely define the person who loves life and loves living. And I've been through a lot, you know, and, and I just do everything I can to say, I'm alive and I'm living and there's so much to enjoy in this life and to accomplish and to do. And I don't have patience for lazy and for sitting around. I can't nap. I can't rest. I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> I can relate to that. I don't know how to do it. Really, there's no sitting around. I mean, let's take a nap. Who does that? I don't know how. <laughs> so how do you handle keeping, so you have, you have the, the, the bodybuilding, you have your goals, which are very clear. Um, I didn't, you also have a full-time job. Yeah. So the mental and emotional strain that that could, that could create that you don't seem like you're coming through the screen. Like you totally calm and like, you I actually feel like you're very much at peace. So how do you handle when that really, like you're leading up to a competition and you're dieting and you're doing everything. You're still working. You have a family. Like how the heck do you balance all that? Yeah. Like how do you keep it? straight in your mind i really for me again i think the sport is a great outlet probably for a lot of us that do it for ocd for obsessiveness for for 
repetitive thinking for all those things. So with regards to the sport, it's been a huge benefit to me with that. Meaning um, I utilize, I dump all my obsessiveness, my repetitive thinking, my control into that. So at nighttime, it's making my six meals for the next day, you know? And so I go in the kitchen and I put out my Tupperware containers and I take out my scale and I look at my diet for the day and I make my six meals for the next day and I put them in the fridge and that's done. And, and so, whew, I just did that and that was great. And then I sit and watch Monday night football or Thursday night football or Saturday football or Sunday football with my husband and my son. Um, but, you know, again, there's many things that help me to do my sport and by far, hands down, the number one thing is my husband and my son. I mean, you, you cannot do this without the support of your family. And my husband is such a great support system. I have one child. I don't have more than one child. So, and I'm in sales. So everything that's in my life that I do to the fullest makes it much simpler than if I was clocking in at a job at nine o'clock and clocking out at five. If I had two, three or four children. Um, but again, we work to make it all happen. I get up very early in the morning and I do cardio at my house. I have in my living room, I have the stairs that I that we have and the, and a Peloton bike. So I get up at five in the morning at my house before anybody's up and I do my cardio at my house. Um, take my son to school for doing that, come home with my work that I do. I'm, I'm in surgical device sales. So I'm in surgery. So a lot of my day is the first part of the day. So then if I'm in surgery at 8am with doctors, with them doing that till two or three, that's a full day for me. And then I'll go train with my weights with my coach in the afternoon and do that, which people think I'm in the gym for five hours. I'm in the gym for an hour. You know, I train with my coach a body part a day and we do it for an hour hard and then I leave and that's all you need to do, do just, homework, do all the other things. You just, that, that's all you need to do to maintain the, the size you have there. So we do our training regimen, which again, there's so much to that as well, that my coach is unbelievable. Um, Wait, pause, come back to that in a sec. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I took you off track because I was so interested, but. I do want to hear about the training. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I feel like I just interrupted your thought though. And, no, it's okay. And, and just about the, the mindset and keeping it. And so I, I hear like it's, it's a support system that you have around you that yeah. helps you keep things. Yeah. Um, it's so all leveled out. It's so funny when you're describing what your, your routine is at night. I go, I do the same thing. I actually have a little pill bottle next to me, but I go as far as actually making my coffee and putting it in the microwave. So in the morning, I just have to put it on for the a minute and seven seconds to hit start. Right. Everything is prepared in my life. Everything is prepared. My, I have to, I can't just go out to the, to the beach. Like we're going to the beach today. Well, that's fine. I have to prepare for that 45 minutes earlier because I, check well, the weather out there I don't, I'm not saying today. I'm saying, but you know, with, I have to, where my husband and son, we can grab their bags and their towels and go. I have right. to 45 minutes ahead of time, plan my meals, pack my meals, yeah. know how long I'm going to be gone. Um, I never leave the house without food. So these things to me eight years ago seemed crazy. 
to me now, it's just part of my life. It's not, it's not, it's not anything extra. It's just what I know. I have to do everything an hour earlier before everybody else in my family because right. I have to prepare for myself. Talk but, to me you know, about like, the as, as, a, as, a, as a pro, we don't have local shows. So I have to travel the country competing. And again, that's where my husband is a huge, a huge help because he's handling everything when I'm trying to accomplish my goal that he believes in me too. So that's, that's huge, huge. <laughs> so talk to me about temptation. Cause as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, well, it could just be easy just to say, I'm just going to go to the beach and I'll find something down there. Like, right. You're, you have moments, I'm sure, all the time, at yeah. some, maybe at a party or somebody's house or at a restaurant, yeah. where it's just easy to be tempted. But I guess if you do that enough, it, it, it undermines everything you're doing. Yes. So how do you deal with temptation? I'm talking about uh, food, by the way. Right. So again, for me, and this is it's a, it's a long-winded question if we started back at the beginning. But so starting back at the beginning, briefly you see that so much of socialization is food and alcohol. And so I'll tell you my first year of doing this, it was hard. It was very hard because I'm that girl. I'm an eater. I'm a drinker. I'm a party. So it was hard. But then what I realized is it then became normal for me and it's harder for other people. Other people have a harder time. I can go out with you at five o'clock to happy hour and get a club soda and bring some food with me and have a great time it's harder for the other person sitting with me. I lost a lot of friends when I started this sport, a lot of friends. Um, it's harder for them sitting with me at five o'clock while they're drinking a vodka and I'm drinking club soda and they're eating whatever and I'm eating whatever. And I don't care. It has nothing to do with you. It ha you know, I'm, I'm sticking to my goals. I don't judge you. I could care less when you eat or drink. Because in my off season, if there's a day or a night, I'm going to go out and get a bowl of pasta and a tequila with you, believe me. <laughs> but it's not my norm. So it, it turned into, back to your question, winning, you know? And for me to put in the hard work that I put in, to be as disciplined as I am, to blow it over a moment that I want that cookie that's on your table there, it just isn't worth it. And for me, I know, and listen, I talked to my husband about it with him, who's not, like I said, into bodybuilding. You have to get to the place where you know that that's just a moment. And the minute you leave that cookie and you're in your car driving home, you already forgot about the cookie. But if you ate it, your body didn't. So it's, I'm constantly talking to myself. Oh, of course. Yeah. The self-awareness, like you're constantly, yeah, you're, it's, it's you a constant conversation. It's not a constant conversation. Constant. But your, your will to win is so much stronger. And what I mean, the, the self-awareness you have to be able to pause and just be like, let me talk about this for a second. All right, I'm not going to have it. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, who does that? Like most people can't even fathom doing that, which right. is what makes you special. Thank you. <laughs> And then I get sick, you know, then I look at the girls who I'm trying to be and I'm like, she's not having a cookie right now. I can't have a cookie right now. <laughs> I'll look at pictures. I'll flip pictures of me on the stage. I'll look at, it's not easy. And, and that's what I think the misconception is, is people look at us and they think that it's easy, that we're just wired this way. 
we all want to eat and drink too, but we're not going to because it's going to affect the athlete that we are in our sport. It doesn't mean it's easy. You know, so no, it's, not, it's not, not, it, not only that, it's, the same in business like everything you're saying can be translated into business you're no you're winning is winning whatever you decide you want to win at so whether it's, it's diet and exercise or, or business or a relationship it still always comes down to the same principles it's like it's the awareness it's the making the right decisions for the right reasons being consistent the hard work it's these are great messages because it's it's not just about the sport it's about life right these are life lessons yes absolutely um, Talk to me for a second about, I mean, I would imagine that you're in pain on every, like maybe every so often, or maybe on a regular basis. Is there frequent pain? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like mentally right. and physically and keep pushing through. Winning. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm thank God my body has, has hung really well through the sport. I, I, of course, I have some lower back pain. I wear a belt when I train and I, I, I deal with that. Right now, I'm going through some pains with my elbow. Um, I just had some PRP and some stem cells under my elbow. But there, there, there is, your body gets sore, but you have to really, and I learned this too later on in the sport, is you have to focus on your recovery just as much as you focus on your training. Um, and with that, I mean, massage, I mean, plunge bath, I mean, cryogenics, I mean, stretching wow. and all of these things I didn't do. I wasn't very focused on in the earlier part of my career. I see now, especially as a pro and how hard I'm working to, to compete. It's, it's necessary. It's necessary to do, to focus on your recovery as well. So I, I really in time where as you're going on this journey now, I think it's about eight years. I think we said, was there any point in time where you just got bummed out or maybe you felt like you were disappointed in yourself and you thought about quitting or, or maybe not quitting, but you just, just got so down about it. Like, did you learn any lessons from any losses? Yes. Um, yeah, there's many times that you feel that way because listen, this is a subjective sport. So at the end of the day, no matter what, you have five or six people sitting at a table judging you based on what they think, based on what they like, based on what they want. There's no clear-cut score sheet. There's no clear-cut win or lose. Um, again, these are constant debates my husband and I have about the sport. That's frustrating. And so when you get on stage and you take second place and you know you should have taken first place and that could be your Olympia qualification. It's frustrating and it's hard and it's upsetting and there's tears, but back to your question, quitting has never been a thought process for me, even a little bit. So my rule for me is I typically give, and my coach knows for 24 hours, I'm going to talk your ear off about it. You're going to hear me say the same thing over and over again. We're going to dissect her. We're going to dissect me. We're going to dissect why. And then 24 hours later, though, it's time to pick up my bootstraps because I got a show to prepare for. Whatever it's so going to be. You work through it. You just work through you it. And to. even if you're bummed out, right. you let it pass through you so you can move forward. You have to, if you're going you to don't carry it, you don't carry it, but you learn your lessons. Yeah. And, 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 and 
it's, it's hard because I look back and there's many times that I was placed one place or two places lower than I should have been, or the whole crowd is like, why? I don't understand this. And you don't. And could there be a million reasons why that you'll never know? Of course, because it's a subjective sport. So is it her physique? Maybe. Is it her coach? Maybe. Is it her Instagram followers? Maybe. Is it her sponsorships? Maybe. What is it? You don't know. All you know is that you look better than her, but you didn't win. So in my mind, all that does is drive me to get back on stage and make it undeniable. Undeniable. Now what? Now what do you have? Because it's undeniable. And that's hard. That's hard because these everybody looks amazing. For sure. Yeah. And it's like when 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 somebody looks at that group of people standing up there and, and I mean, the judges are seeing things to, to the average person. They, everybody looks kind of the same. Correct. But you know, like those refinements. So now you're at the point where you're just like refining and refining. So what is it that you're refining now? Yeah. Like, what's that little piece you need to get where you're looking to go now? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, so my last show was Tampa Pro. That was in August. And again, it was a really tough decision to make to stop my season. So qualifying for this year's Olympia was through last weekend. So through November 15th was the last qualifying. And in August, I was up there with points. Um, but again, trusting my coach and his how he felt, it was time to hang it up. Why? Because we need to, the judges want to see a little bit um more depth in my back so they want to see a little thicker back and they want to see a little fuller quads so that's just kind of what my coach said you know what we can keep getting on stage and you look great you place top three top five you're there but let's rein it in now and start our off season and bring it back next season undeniable so um so yeah so that's what we're doing now so what that consists of is my food is up. And with, when I say my food, I have my diet. I check in with my coach every week. I send pictures and he sends me my diet. So my food's up. My, my carbohydrates are up. My protein count's up. Everything's up. My training is heavier. I'm lifting a lot heavier. And we're just trying to build, build out my legs, build out my back a little bit. Um, the challenging thing is, to be honest, is, is a lot of people will take a year off and they'll say, okay, I'm going to take the year. I'm going to grow and I'm going to get back on stage again for me. I'm 47 and my goal is to get on the Olympia stage. Mm -hmm. So yep. I don't have that time right. to take a year off and then get back on stage in the open category when I'm 49, I might be able to, but I'm also not ignorant to the fact that. I'm walking a fine line and things will potentially start to change with my physique, when my skin will start to change, things like that, that affect you in the open category when you're competing against a 20 year old. You know, I was going to bring that up earlier and it kind of slipped my mind. I, I, I was thinking about the fact that as we get, we're very similar in age and as we get older, male and female, things change that you don't have control over. Correct. And, and that's an interesting point that you brought up. So, you know, you have a, a runway that's not, I mean, it's, it's shorter than the 25 year old, right. but you're also, you're right there. Like you, you, you're probably going to reach your goal. And because, because of that, you're not stopping and having, it I will reach my goal. You will. No, you will. 
And um, that's such an interesting mindset difference. Well, difference because these others that are, are younger, they are going you know, to take that time off. You're not. So we're taking my coach, my, but my coach insisted on this this year. So I've been my coach for five years and I've never, I've done amazing. I've had an amazing career. We've never really taken a, an off season. Um, last year we were supposed to, he said at least six months. And last year we did three months. And then I started cutting for a show because I wanted to start, I wanted to compete in June. So three months of growing is nothing. So this year he put his foot down and he said, we are taking six months of growing, of eating, of building before we start cutting for a show. So that's why we stopped after in August, because then my mindset was we have August, September, October, November, December, January to eat and grow. And then I can start a prep in February ish and then start competing in May, June. That's, that's what our goal is to take a full year off. I don't have that time. No, so, you don't. I don't. Yeah. I think uh, it was before we uh, we started recording, but I, I I made this comparison, and it was it was to golf, right? Like you're you're competing against other people because you want to win, but you're competing against yourself at yeah. the same time. You really are competing in, in both ways. Like you really are just so so driven. It's it's just just, just like you're fueled by your own desire to win. And you're going to the to the depths of like you're 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 studying other people exactly like that beat you to see exactly what it was like exactly what they did to win, so that you can actually refine that and get ahead of them. Like you're you're balancing both of those the inner drive to win, but also like there's only one or two people in front of you at every competition. Right. How do this is how do you guys all know, on any given competition, what the judges like? You're doing all this work to. Um, on your back, I think you said, and certain things. What if you guys all do that or you do that and the judges are like, we don't care about that. Right. Because there's some standard that everybody's really being judged by. I mean, obviously there is. What is it? So that's a great question, though. You don't ever know what you're walking into, what they're going to be looking for that day. And really the truth is, is you are a sucker to a lineup, right? So who else is showing up? Um. So it's, it's a twofold question because absolutely 100%, you have to show up your best every time, your best, whatever that is. So some girls, their best is fuller, softer. Some girls, their best is hard, shredded, and diced. That's me. I have to be hard, shredded, and diced. My conditioning is always top notch. Um, but again, because of my age, I don't have wiggle room to come in softer or fuller. I have to be hard, shredded, and diced. Um, the problem will be if you go to some shows and the rest of the lineup of the girls is a little fuller, is a little softer, and you walk up hard as nails, shredded, and diced. And there's, you know, the judging... Um, yeah, there's a standard for figure, right? They're looking for balance. They're looking for back width, a V taper, your back width, your waist, your, 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 your lat to waist ratio. They're looking for quad sweep. So fullness in your quads. So they're looking for an X factor in the figure division for sure. And then with that, seeing depth in your back to pop out and then your hamstrings and your glutes. The question is, is to what degree 
there's a bunch of different judges and I know the judges. So I know what judging panel lights your physique. And so you kind of start hitting the competitions that, you know, the judging panel that lights your type of physique will be at. Um, Wow. There's so much strategy. There's so much strategy. Oh my God. Planning your schedule, planning your shows, planning your competitions. There's, strategy you know um do you ever go and look at the people so you know who probably are going to be the top three or four right that you're probably going to be up against in that in that top group do you ever go look at what they're doing like actually like look, go look at them in the gym or, or, or look at like do you have access to see what they look like before the show so my thing is this so back to, to your question to be clear on when i say that i look at i'm looking at other girls it's not my physique as humble as I can say this, right? So my physique is a top level physique. My physique is is fine tuning points that the judges wanna see for me. So I'm not looking at other girls to look at their body and how I can make my body look like theirs. I'm looking at other girls that do a competition to see the lineup that the judges pull out to get an idea of what the judges are looking for. So when there's a competition, you they pull out first callouts, right? So first callouts is usually the top six girls that they then are comparing and contrasting. So I'm not analyzing number one, number two, looking at her body, how she worked out. Because again, and I'll say it a billion times, my coach, Tristan James, is the best. He's got Olympians. He's got me. He's got top competitors, nutrition. He's the best. So I don't doubt a, I don't doubt ever anything my coach does for me so it's not about me looking at the other athletes to see what they're doing it's to look at the other athletes to see what the judges are are what they've been picking where they've been going the look that they've been kind of going for over the over the season or at those specific shows it's it's so amazing this strategy I'm like it's I'm, so I'm like it's I'm completely speechless listening to what you're telling me is going goes on. I think I think we're gonna stop there. I mean, I, I wanna let's let's wind it down with tell me about what 23 looks like. What's the plan? Do you have these are actually a schedule now? I know yes. you're, you're you're still training, and so what's coming up in the next few months? Right now, we're almost at Thanksgiving in 2022. Yep. So what does the next few months or next few quarters look like? So I am a hardcore, um, clean eating, growing, training very hard, lifting very heavy. Um, I'll be doing that probably through uh, till about February. And then my coach will take a look at me and see if we've made appropriate gains, if you will. Um, and then again, my, my, my idea is to start prep in February. And my idea my plan is to get on stage hopefully starting in may um and then in fact my coach and i just talked about it yesterday this is going to be our hail mary year i mean we're just going we're going all in i'm going to probably go compete in europe um this year a few times go hit the european circuit which is amazing i just was in romania at a great show in romania last week um 
So I'm going to kind of step out of the regimen I've been doing. I think Europe is a great, great opportunity as well. And just compete, compete, compete this year. We're, we're all in all season. And, but our plan is to go in and get a win right off the bat. That's so it. then I can spend the rest of the year getting ready for the Olympia for next year. So, that's so you do that. And then Olympia is in 24. The Olympia. Nope. So it'll be the Olympia 23. So the Olympia this year is next month. So we have the so Olympia the end of next year. Right. So it'll be the end of next year. So year already now. any show from here on out qualifies you for next year because qualifications are over for this year. So you're going to do the one. So you're going to do something in May. But so how many shows do you need to do to actually know? Like, when will you know if you qualify for Olympia? I guess in December. In Correct. December of next year. Yeah. So again, you hope to win and then, you know, you're done and then you get ready to spend the rest of the year getting ready for the Olympia. So oh, it just okay. takes a one win. One win automatically qualifies. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't get that from the yeah, way you broke yeah. it down before. Oh, yeah. so you're good. One win, you're good. One win, you're in. Okay. But like I said, it's 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 hard. You know, it's it's hard to win a pro show. It's it's hard. And I like I said, I've been second place. I've been third place. I've been right there. You were right there, Danielle. You were so close. Um, but ultimately that's your goal because then you win, you're done. You spend the rest of the year getting ready for the Olympia. If not, like I said, if you get second through fifth place, you're getting points. And then you're competing to collect points. And then you don't find out till the end of the season what top three competitors have the most points to go. And that's a rat race because now you're looking at the points and you do a show and you take get points and now you beat this girl. But then she does a show and she gets points and she beats you. So it's constant till the last qualifier in November when you can see see who the top points are. As you're talking, I'm Googling. I'm trying to see where the 23 Miss Olympia is. Do you know where it's going to be? Uh, well, I don't think they're going to have it back in Vegas. Um, I Probably Orlando. Last year's was in Orlando. It's been in Vegas every year, but then with COVID, they had it in Orlando. They didn't, I'm looking. They don't actually say it They yet. haven't announced it yet, but I yeah. don't. I have a, a sneaky suspicion it's not going to be back in Vegas. It's going to be in Orlando. I can't, I, I can't wait to come see you there. Thank you. <laughs> I'll and if it's there. in Orlando, I'm going to just drive to two hours and come hang out for exactly. a couple of days. That's going to be cool. <laughs> yep. You have a really awesome um, spirit. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, Thank you, you can so feel, much. I can feel it. I haven't met you in person yet, but um, it's, uh, you're very positive and upbeat. And like, and we, we kind of touched on that. that also, that part of the mindset is so important to to win. Yeah, like maintaining the positivity um, and, and just that energy and that spirit. Like to have like toxic people around you, or to be in situations where that like sort of gets like impacts you. I, I assume you can't put yourself in anything, any situation where there's anything around you that's going to in any way impact like with your frame of mind. Yeah, so you got you have your husband, you have your son, you have the you have. Everything you need, you have a great coach. I mean, I'm not hearing there's any reason why we shouldn't see you reach your uh, reach your dream. There, there, there. There's nothing in your way. There's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't. I have to tell you that. There's. Listen, we all work hard, and everybody thinks they're the hardest worker, but I'm I'm pretty confident. Anybody who knows me mm -hmm. would second guess that there's nobody that works harder than me. And, you know, that wants it as much as I want it and as committed as I am committed to it. So 
I, I ride that and I hope that somewhere again, you know, my mother and my father are, are, are with me all the time and that's my heartache. So that takes, that's all I have room for heartache is, is over my mom and dad. Other than that, everything else in life, if you're not in, you're out. And I, I hate to say it like that. And, but I have my core best friends, my core group of friends that accept me, that love me, that, you know, accept the sport, my lifestyle and anybody else who didn't or who doesn't, I, you're out. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't, I, you, no, I, I'm so, this is, I'm so glad you said that because this show is about how to win. It's about how to be a winner. Like that's, that's, that's what this whole episode has been about. And for anybody that's been watching this and if you've watched this right to the end, you got to hear from somebody who knows how to win, has proven how to win, but the mindset, it's its like flawless, like just wired to win. Um, thank you so much for, for taking the time. This, this has been really enlightening. It's been very cool. Thank you for having me so much. It's so nice talking with you as well. Thank you for supporting our sport as well. It's, it's hard to find people that do, so we're, we're great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so listen, tell everybody where they can find you, um, like whatever you want people to know and whatever you, you, you give us, it's all going to be down below in the descriptions. So it'll be out there forever unless YouTube takes us down. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you can follow my journey on Instagram. My Instagram is Danielle R figure underscore I F B B pro. Um, so that's where we kind of record our journey, my videos of, of training. And as I get closer to competition season, we'll have some detailed um, videos and training sites and things like that. And again, you can, my coach, you can also find on my page as well. And his page is amazing to follow for a coach, for training, for anything like that as well. So we'll put all that information down below. Um, you, you did not disappoint. This was like, this was really, really powerful. You talked about, again, discipline, persistence, hard work, perseverance, like just how to win. And, uh, and it was an honor like, really to, to hear you talk about that. There's something else that, that you also exemplified and I'm really glad you did. And um, everybody that comes on the show, fortunately lives up to this because it, I get to say it at the end of the show, um, you're humble, you, you work hard and, and, and you do what it takes. Like you do the work and there's, there's, there's no shortcutting. And that's a, that's a big deal. Do the work, be humble and, and hustle. You know, yeah. and so you exemplify that, and that's a great message. And and I get to say it again at the end of this show because that's that's what I heard from you too. So thank you again. Thank and you. I'm looking forward to following you. And and uh, if you're in Orlando, I'm definitely coming to watch. Absolutely. I'll see you on the Olympia stage. We're gonna see. I'm gonna be in the audience. You'll see me. <laughs> Don't focus on me. I want you to win. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Thank you so much.